When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scouts. Today we are talking about Sky Sports Fantasy Football. There is £50,000 up for grabs for the winner and we've just got one game week to go and if this can be get out before Tuesday night we have um, a, a couple more days to go of game week 36. Conveniently Sky are calling the final game week 38 fixture game week 37. So the penultimate fixture is not 37, it's 36. Thank you, Sky. <laughs> uh, my name is Joe, and joining me ahead of Game Week 37's final set of fixtures for the year is Luke. Luke, how are you? I'm not bad, Joe. We're almost there, aren't we? We've almost got there. And uh, we uh, we get an Allison goalkeeper goal just to wow. uh, just to tie off the end of the season, which has been a crazy season and no more crazy than a goalkeeper scoring a goal. So, yeah, yeah loving it. But, I mean, what is... I mean, I just... Points. <laughs> now, goalkeeper getting a goal... Is like seven points in Sky? I think so, yeah. Same as Defender, yeah. It's something like six in FPL. Mm. Tim Howard was the last one with a gust of wind. Brad (laughs) Fiedel, I think, got one. Yeah. That that bloke from Carlisle. What's his name? Glass? Something Glass? Um, Did Paul Paul Robinson get one once? Paul Robinson got one. What do you mean? This is over 20 years. I've just reeled off five, Mm. and that's it. Um, across all leagues, <laughs> um, you know, you got to give them like it's got to be like fifteen. Yeah, be, it'll be, it should do. I mean, he, he, they actually changed the man of the match. It was, um, yeah. I think, they gave it to Cody, believe it or not, during the game. But then they changed it to. Uh, it was wait, did Liverpool Wolves play? Oh, I no, no, that. no. It was, it was Thiago, wasn't it? Thiago, that was yeah. it. Sorry, yeah, Thiago. Um, and then they changed it. I think. Well, for good reason. Uh, there's obviously Allison scoring, which they should have done. I'm not going to argue about that one. Yeah. I suppose the only thing I'll say on that is, right, just imagine they did give 10, 15 points for a goal and then Edison did start taking penalties. Suddenly he breaks the game, right? <laughs> if he gets six uh, yeah. um, um, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen and he hasn't taken a penalty, so maybe. But just well, imagine maybe, he did that at the beginning of the season. And maybe, ten, I mean, basically, because they've given Allison man of the match. He was man, man of the last minute. But was he man of the match? No, Probably, they no, do but, get wrapped, they do but, get wrapped up in these occasions. But, so. but they have to they have to bump it up. So I would say ten points. Let's go ten points. <laughs> yeah, that seems fair. Because um, there isn't going to be another one for like five years. No. So you know, you only need a gust of wind or Alison. Alison, he saw he was sneaky when he went up as well. He was like, it was like that Alexander Arnold um, corner. Which mm. is like, oh, I'm not going to take this. Well, hey, I am taking it. And <laughs> and and the Allison was like, oh, I'm just going to saunter up like all goalkeepers do in the final minute. But I'm actually going to be amazing as I do it for that mm. final two seconds. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, let's look at some of the latest tier two uh, man of the match stars. Guess what, Allison? There you go. You've already said it. Allison, man of the match, obviously. Uh, Ramsdale, the lesser Again. Allison. <laughs> Every week we mention Ramsdale's name in this yeah. list. Now, for a man of the match or saves, it's ridiculous because he was Every the worst keeper in the game for the first week. Every week I ignore him 
Um, it's going to... Not necessarily Ramsdale, but it's going to be an answer to one of the questions a bit later from for me about, um, you know, things, mistakes you've made or what's Yeah, the... I've got... I think I know what you're doing. And, 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 and one of my key mistakes in FPL... And which I've been talking about is is ignoring unfashionable players, uh, trying to spark, work out that bias and why aren't I going for that player? Why am I dismissing them? And so, for example, that's flagged up Chris Wood in FPL. Is flagged mm. up Joe Linton, Danny Welbeck. <laughs> you know the list goes on. Ferran Torres in Sky and FPL. That's flagged up. I have I've barely gone for any of those players. I'm still I'm still doing it. Still adjusting. So that's why I'm going to do a lot next season. So Ramsdale. Yeah, why have I ignored Ramsdale? Should have gone in. Uh, Cody, Mitchell. I don't think you can quite predict Mitchell's haul, but nevertheless. Harrison, another player I've ignored. Um, why not double up on Rafinha and Harrison for the final couple of games? Um, Torres, Ferran Torres. My final transfer. Why did I get Raheem Sterling in? And why yeah, did I, I ignore you. Torres? I don't know why he did that, I'll be honest, because Cancelo or Ferran Torres, I know it's easy to say now, but yeah. I think they were the two standout for that. I will never trust Sterling again, like no. ever. Well, He's never a consideration. I, 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 I'm where I am, and I just thought, uh, I'll just go for him. And um, the way it is. But yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, if he comes out with a hat-trick next game week, then all, all Fair enough, forgive yeah. him. Um, uh, Welbeck and Che Adams. Why are we ignoring Che Adams? Um, another example there a passing tier 2 but I basically just put City defenders um, Everton centre-backs and Hoiberg the, the the ones of interest tackles tier 2 Allen back doing Allen things and Thiago um, cruelly robbed a man of the match at the last minute by that Allison. can't believe it um, <laughs> saves tier 2 uh, Martinez again I uh, do have him at least um, Patricio and Ramsdale so big haul for Ramsdale uh, shots tier two Torres uh, Cavallo uh, Cavallo and Kane and Salah so you know sort of as you were particularly with Kane and Salah um, so yeah let's have a look at your team so you couldn't make any transfers your team Martinez Aspilicueta Sionchu Diaz uh, Saka Fernandez, Bowen Rafina, Kane Calvert-Lewin and Salah so where are you at at the moment? Because you can only do captaincy changes, and um, you know who who were your captains in the previous game week, and yeah, I can't, I can't even remember. Um, let me think. <laughs> uh, Newcastle versus Man City. I had uh, Diaz as captain because obviously I had no transfers mm. left, and he didn't play, so that no. was a stunning zero points there. However, in my B team, I did bring in Cancelo and captain him, so he did okay. Um, I say it was always going to be him or Torres. Mm. Uh, I just couldn't. I don't think I could actually get to Torres in that team particularly easily. Um, so I went Cancelo. But anyway, we don't talk about big teams, so I shall move on. Um, who else did okay for me, captain-wise? Um, so, yeah, Saturday, which uh, Leeds played Burnley. Obviously, they won 4-0. I had Rafinha as my captain then. So he got an assist. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you'd hope for a little bit more in a 4-0, wouldn't you? Um, so a bit annoying, but still got some points at least. Um had Bowen for the Brighton game. He actually started, but didn't do anything. And then on the Sunday, I went with Salah captain. Um, I think Kane and Salah were much mm. of a muchness, to be honest with you. So that was that was fine. I was tempted by Calvert-Lewin, and luckily I didn't do that because Everton were, were dreadful. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it was just a, a pretty nothing week for me, really. I ended up with about, I think, about 50 points, something like that. Um, let me just check now. Yeah, 50, 50 points, which is... Um, 
pretty poor, but it's been the tail of my season towards the end, really. Just been dropping off. So nothing much more I can do. No more transfers. So just going to have to try and get lucky with the armband in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so we'll come to... I'll, I'll put my team up and then we'll we'll come to those crucial armband decisions that are remaining. Um, so we'll, we'll chat a tiny bit about um, what we've got remaining in this game week, but also crucially for that final day who we're gonna who we're gonna captain um so here's my team um you can see some foolishness here with sterling um so i've got martinez rob holding uh wan basaka uh alexander arnold uh lingard uh mason mount bruno fernandez rafina chris wood salah and sterling so it's a bit different um, it's a bit different to a lot of other teams in some ways good in some ways bad <laughs> i have no transfers left now which I went for the I went for Raheem Sterling captaincy on that Newcastle Manchester City game. On hindsight, um, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, obviously, oh, I should have got Torres in and captained him and suddenly won Sky. But I'm not. Um, I didn't do that. Um, Fifty-two points if you captain yeah, Torres. Yeah, I, I got four points there from Sterling. <laughs> Yeah, but do you remember we were saying this? This is the week we were saying the Newcastle Man City yeah. game. You look at the lineup, if yeah. you can pick the right captain, and we thought maybe Aguero. I mean, I thought maybe Aguero, yeah. and obviously it turns out he's injured. I mean, that's season changing, isn't it? Right at the end there, yeah. if you've got that transfer to do that move, fifty-two points. I mean, that is literally just you know all those little intricate moves and and stuff. They can't get you that sort of. Well, that's the power of the armband yeah. on yeah. on a particular week, and obviously they have to fire as well. Well, I, I got. Um, I mean, I would. Yeah, um, Cancelo was in the in the running, and I would have got him and got got a. You know, he's twenty eight points as captain. Yeah, and I would have got twenty eight points there. But I actually wanted more, you know, and I wanted. I, I just looked at Sterling. And I just thought, well, he's playing for his place in that final. Surely, There's no chance he's getting it. No. Surely he's got to do something. He's got to pull it out of the bag. No, and I just I, thought, even, even if he scored a hat trick, I don't think he'd be in there. He's just been <laughs> woeful all season, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, I went for him, um, and that was the final one. But on reflection, um, a Man City player. But I was actually Debravka. I was thinking of. Um, I didn't like the City game for him, but I really liked the next two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, St. Maximum and Willock were also in consideration. But I just had to. I had to get a city one, and uh, so. But it's not going to me getting Sterling in and not I, Torres was not in my thoughts. Just not in my thoughts to get. It would have been Cancelo or Sterling, so I would have gone up an extra twenty four places, twenty four points. Place wise, I probably would have still been somewhere around three hundred. I'm a, I'm I'm between three and four hundred in the rankings at the moment. Mm. That would have taken me above what. 250 300 maybe yeah but not 100 not top 10 not not anything you know you can you can tell your grandkids about <laughs> no no yeah. but it's just I just want to highlight that the fact that sometimes we make transfers where you know we swap player a for player b even though player a is still playing and he's not mm. injured and to make up say 52 points sometimes like the difference between the two players yeah. first of all you have to get that right and let's say you get it right and they are outscoring them most mm. weeks by a couple of points. It's still going to take you several weeks, like oh. seven, eight, nine weeks yeah. to actually, to, for the 52 points, even more sometimes. And yeah, I appreciate you can do this one captain move and they fail. So mm. a Sterling, like you just did then, and yeah. it's like, oh, God's sake, I should have done the other move. But occasionally you'll hit them. And, you know, when there's games that are signposted, I mean, I know Newcastle did pretty well yeah. in this game, but Man City versus Newcastle, you expect them to score three or four goals, yeah. right? So if you... 
that there are a few occasions this season when this sort of thing happens. And obviously, if you've got the transfers, you know, making the move, you can get really lucky. And 52 points, especially if you're anywhere near the top 100, yeah. that jump is yeah. just, you know, that wins you money, essentially. That if I was, um, you know, if I was like 130 in the rankings or something, I probably would have been a bit more careful. I probably would have gone for more of a, for a defender, I think, like Cancelo. And Cancelo was probably the safe-ish yeah. play because... You know, against Newcastle, you expect him to get passes, tackles, maybe get an attacking return, probably get a clean sheet. The clean sheet didn't work out, but he ended up getting. Did he get two? He got a goal and an assist, yeah. didn't he? And then, um, and then obviously some bonus as yeah. well. So, and it's the thing with him is he's more probably quite likely to play the rest of the games. Whereas with Fernand Torres, you're never quite sure he'll play the other games. So, so I mean, for, for me this season, it's been quite weird, quite weird with the the A and the B team. Um, I, I won't mention the third team, but the the A and the B team. Because the A team's one I've been focusing on, and and I've sort of neglected the B team. I've just been doing like whatever. I've been going back to that idea of of thinking of like unfashionable players and getting them in or making those uh, you know slightly more differential moves. And then it was pointed out to me on Friday by Dan Cox, who, who's who's won a, who's won Sky, um, that I was sixteenth in the monthly prize, and I was about thirty points off first. For the month, I had no idea. <laughs> so I, I, I suddenly just went a bit mad and just got loads of players in for that city game, including Cancelo, who I, uh, I think I captained. I can't quite remember what I did, but I ended up with seventy-two points, which was far more than I got in my eighteen. Um, and over, over the weeks, I've, um, for example, I've had some maximum in already. I already had him in. Um, uh, Kane, Chris Woods, I've had for a few weeks in that as well. Um, Salah I got back in I uh, actually got Salah back in I've had Havertz in that got him out for this round of fixtures still with Rafina um, yeah Keane at Everton as I said um, but yeah, if you'd have gone Torres captain you might have won if I'd have gone Torres captain in this I might have won it so mm. you know it is what it is but I feel quite you know pleased to be in this position yeah and nice I, um out of all of that, out of the, out of those flurry of moves, I actually have run out of moves. I've got one left, but I can't use it this week. I've used yeah, all five. five. Yeah. I had no. I could. I complete. I've never used five in a week. So no. So this is a, this I is forgot. a good tactic. So yeah. uh, we mentioned start. Like, what's your use for your B team? And this is one of them. Is to set up your team for a month in the future. Yeah. So you've got to be. I mean, this season it'd have been hard because fixtures are changing yeah. around all over the gaff, but. Generally, you can set up your team for the very first games of the week for, to have like a perfect team. Like just look at the three or four yeah. fixtures that have and pick the perfect team. And then also within it, plan some transfers. Mm. And then obviously you can only use five a week. So mm. generally you could use 15 or 20 depending yeah. on the on the month. And then you can just smash it and go for the monthly prize. Yeah. And it's, um, it's quite a good tactic, especially obviously the longer you leave it, you generally the better because the player base has dropped off. But then mm. obviously some of the good players have got that idea as well. So... Yeah, just judging a week and going for it. It's a perfectly valid reason because if you can win the monthly, I mean, I'm not sure. I think the monthly prizes are a console, maybe. Think yeah. it, it, it's a PlayStation Five for me and my kids. That's what it is. <laughs> right. Okay. There you go. So, I mean, that's not to be sniffed at, is it? Yeah. So, um, it's perfectly valid reason. I mean, my, I wasted my B team this season. I basically picked pretty much the same as my A team. Occasionally yeah. changed the captain. And I think after when we got to overhaul, all I had, in fact, I had the exact same team, but all I did was pick my second favorite captain. And the B team, and it was 250 points behind the first team. That was on captains alone wow. with the exact same team. So that shows you how important captains can be. Mm. As a result of that, I just didn't bother with it. I think I haven't even looked at it for months. Not even really changing. Yeah. I mean, I did the Cancelo thing the other day, but um, 
yeah, it, it's pretty much a waste. So there's a number of ways to look at it, but going for the monthly is certainly a valid one. I so two two things there. I completely forgot about monthly prices. I've just never thought about it, and I never knew. I've, I've completely forgot that you could use. You can't use more than five transfers within a, within a week, within a game week. So um, I've learned something there. And yeah, I'm going to do exactly that. My B team, I'm not going to do copy it or I'm not going to... I mean, I just sort of put whoever in. I didn't pay any attention to it, but I think I will this time. And I think towards the end of the season, I might target these monthly prizes and use some of that knowledge that I do for the other content for FPL as well. So to to go for players that perhaps Sky players might not go for. Um, So for example, um, Mason Mount is one I got in and he's done really well for me. Um, in, in my both my A and my and my B team, um, um, yeah, Keen for Everton, a player I completely ignored, and Saint Maximum as well. I thought Newcastle's final couple of fixtures would be good, so hopefully, hopefully they'll get something. Uh, but either you know, I'm twentieth, I'm a bit a bit further off first, but I've got one transfer left, unlikely. But you know, at least I've I've suddenly got something in this se- this crazy season to look at of Ooh, interest. Right. Um, the third team that we're now given in Sky, I've just sort of wasted that a bit. But at one point, I was 30th in this monthly prize, and I didn't even know about that either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even use mine. I just didn't have the headspace for um, it. But again, it's a good it's a good thing to do. I mean, it's one of the, if you've got the time, there's literally no reason it's a free shot of money, isn't it? Yeah, so it really I'm, should be. I'm just going to go for go for that as well. And I and I didn't realise sort of mentally as well. The third team is really good. So if you do use all your transfers, or or you've just you're just not where you're going to be, and it's just. You know your personal targets. If I want to be in the top hundred or top thousand or whatever, if it's not achievable, that third team go for these monthly prizes. I think that's it's like a game within a game. It's mm. I hadn't really occurred to me before, um, but yeah, learned something new. Um, so let's move on to game week thirty-seven. Uh, let's have a look here. Um, so. Um, oh, actually, before we look at Gaming 37, uh, we to timestamp this, we're recording it Tuesday uh, midday. Um, so we've got some more matches to go in Game Week 36. Um, so tonight, Tuesday, we've got Manchester United against Fulham, Southampton against Leeds, Brighton against City, Chelsea against Leicester. Everton, um, oh, yeah, Chelsea against Leicester. Then it stops there. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just going to captain Fernandez and be done with it because he's home against Fulham. Yeah. I presume that's for you as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, we do have a question about what to do with Fernandez, but we'll address that shortly. Uh, Wednesday, 19th of May, Everton against Wolves, Newcastle against Sheffield United, Tottenham against Villa, Palace against Arsenal, Burnley against Liverpool, West Brom against West Ham. Um, I think, I mean, you would think Salah or Kane, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not going to mess around with this one. No. I don't think there's any advantage. I, they could be gains you never know but to bet you're betting against all of those three players we mentioned who are all amazing uh uh captaincy shouts and got the pedigree to back it up would be hard um so anyway um let's move on to game week 37 i'll read out i'll read out all the fixtures for the benefit of those listening to the podcast um but, and then we'll then we'll have a chat about who to captain. Um, Arsenal against Brighton, Villa against Chelsea, Fulham against Newcastle, Leeds against West Brom, Leicester against Tottenham, Liverpool against Palace at home, Man City at home to Everton, Sheffield United against Burnley, West Ham, Southampton and Wolves against Manchester United. 
Um, who are you captaining and why? Well, luckily for this this one, and this is where Sky is mm. is great, is we get to see the lineup of every yeah. single team, don't we? Um, and without seeing that, it's hard to, to say because there could be all sorts of surprises. Um, could be teams that give kids a run out. Could be teams that are just absolutely going. I mean, if you look at Man City's team and they're you know incredibly full strength, for example, and maybe Everton are just yeah. on the beach and they've put out a second string, then mm. suddenly that changes things. But right now, if you had to ask me, I think Salah at home to Palace feels pretty good, although it's probably what Roy Hodgson's last game. I think they've just announced recently that yes, he's going. So will Liverpool have anything to play for at that point? Possibly. Um so it's it's really tough to answer, but I think fixture base, fixture wise, just Liverpool home to Palace and and Leeds at home to West Brom are the two that stand out to me the most. I think, obviously, Man City's there as well, like I say, but we don't know what we're going to get from them. I think those are probably the, the three I'd look at. Spurs away to Leicester, I think that's quite tough. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't be looking there. Arsenal home to Brighton again. Don't really trust Arsenal no. and Brighton are decent, aren't they? So I don't I don't really trust that. Mm-hmm. Villa and Chelsea, I don't think you'd go there. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's pretty standard. I mean, Man United away to Wolves. Wolves have been pretty shocking, but mm. you know they've obviously got Europe after that. So I'd imagine that's going to be a, a second string side there, yeah. possibly yeah. for Man United. And, and you don't I, really fancy that game. I don't. I, think. I would say Fernandez is going to be out of the equation. I'd be very yeah. surprised if he starts. I mean, there's a few differentials. I mean, West Ham are at home to Southampton. Are Southampton going to going to be bothered at all for that game? I mean, Antonio could easily be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, we often get these these games on the final game of the season where. A, a striker or a midfielder yeah. gets a brace or a hat trick or something. I mean, that stands out as a potential Antonio yeah. Hall, that one. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's options. But right now, you know, with the information I have at the present, it's probably Salah. Yeah, I'm, I, I'll probably captain Salah, my, my A-team. Um, or Alexander-Arnold. Who one of those two? Um, I might just go for a bit different, just in case. Yeah. The, also, the other thing as well, of course, is, to, you know, where you are in your mini-league. If you're, if you're second and the guy in front... Mm. is you know five or six points yeah. above you um and you get to see the lineups and and you're pretty confident he's going to go salah because i imagine most people probably will then there's, there's really not much value in going salah at that point as long as you don't mind dropping a little bit you know it all depends what you stand to lose as well of course but that's when you probably do have to look at maybe one of the Leeds my, boys or someone like that or antonio my my second team which may or may not win a playstation 5 which probably won't but i'll go for it <laughs> Um, I have to captain someone different. I have to get someone in a bit different. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So I'm looking at removing Fernandez, and that's going to be the answer to one of our questions coming up. Um, and Liverpool look the best bet. I can't get a striker in. It has to be a midfielder or defender. I don't have Alexander Arnold, so it makes sense to do Fernandez to Alexander Arnold. Who's also me, another good captain? This that way, who's also that? another good captain? And then I would either captain him or Chris Wood. And I think it's one of those, I think Alexander-Arnold will probably get it because I think that the potential for a massive haul is there. It could be goals, assists, clean sheet, the works. Um, so I think there's a strong potential there. And that's, that's personally what I would do. Um, but it sort of um, leads on to some of um, our questions, really. Um, and... One of the things is is looking at sort of players to get in and players to captain. So here's something I did um, for uh, for the Scoutcast for FPL. But although it doesn't take into account the Sky bonus, what it does take into account is um, the basics. Will they get involved in a goal? Will they score or will they assist? So what I've done is I've looked at the last six weeks 
last six matches rather in terms of expected goal involvement and see who is there who's at the top Kane is the absolute outright guy he's the he's the go-to guy for goal involvement um, he's had nine big chances over that time and his expected goal involvement is getting on for nearly six goals which is huge then it's Salah so it underlines Salah's potential as a captaincy there uh, we sort of knew about that then we've got Ian Acho bad fixtures so I'm not sure many people will go there Jota injured won't go there Fernandez, I don't think he's going to play in game week 38 and then you you move down to the, the real the real headlines Antonio is there five big chances expected goal involvement four Antonio as you said these are the stats here that back up Antonio is a great alternative captaincy shout Chris Wood at Burnley has Sheffield United uh, in game week 38 big chances six over the last six matches expected to be involved in nearly four goals Havertz at Chelsea. Bearing in mind, these prices here are for, for FPL, so ignore them. Um, Havertz at Chelsea could be a great alternative. And that's also someone I'm considering for going in instead of um, Fernandes. So, I mean, looking at game week 37, yes, Chelsea are away to Villa. But as you said, I mean, it's one of those matches. And Villa are hardly, you know, hardly robust at the back at the moment. And then you've got Calvert-Lewin, a bad fixture against City at the end. And then Vardy, if if you want to say goodbye to Vardy forever in your your Sky career, give him a give him a send off against Spurs um, there. But I think genuinely Antonio Wood and Havertz look to be the strongest options there. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, so looking at uh, the fixtures, back to game week thirty seven, and so we've got some questions uh, coming up. Uh, so FPL off spinner says with one transfer left it seems logical to replace Fernandes after Tuesday's game that's tonight um, with a Liverpool asset that would give them two games which one do you think other than Salah he's saying I, I, I think if you can get Mane in if you can yeah but, mm-hmm. but, and I, I can see because I've said I've often said save a transfer for the final week because of the shenanigans, but we can almost predict those shenanigans there where Bruno's Fernandes will go. So then you're essentially getting two games for one, aren't you? Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good move. I mean, if Bruno does play, <clears throat> it's kind of you could get unlucky there, but I don't I don't see any reason why he would play then. But maybe just because Bruno demands to play, I guess. But I, I, can't, I think it's a risk worth it. taking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's a risk worth taking. I mean, I know Wolves are pretty bad, but generally they keep the game fairly tight, especially at home anyway. So you'd expect that to be sort of potentially low scoring anyway. Um, so yeah, I think Mane is obviously the standout, especially when Jota's now injured. I can't yeah. see any reason why Mane wouldn't play. He's obviously got a little bit to prove. Um, the other one, the only other one I'll throw in there is Thiago, who was clearly man of the match. Yeah. You know, um, he's still getting a lot of bonus. He's playing really, really well, and he does stand out as a man of the match nearly in every game because he just dominates the ball. Um, so, I mean, as if you look at the the, the player list and look at uh, points for midfielders, and you sort by the most points mm. in the game, there's some very surprising names up there. Names you wouldn't expect. Yeah. That, I mean, Hoiberg, I think he's like in the top five point mm. scorers overall or something, which. In seasons past, we've had these ticking over players do fairly well, end up being kind of value, but not quite if they can't add goals and assists. But this just shows you that the, the dearth in midfield is that a lot of these guys, I mean, Rodri's like third or fourth yeah. overall, and he barely scores or assists at all. So these ticking over guys have absolutely smashed it this season. More, well, well, not necessarily they've smashed it, it's more that everyone else hasn't. So they've 
they are options. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, I, th- I think Thiago and uh, and yeah. Mane stand out for me. I think if you don't own Alexander Arnold, that is a really good move as well. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. the one I'm considering, as I said, in my B team to get my PlayStation Five. Um, but um, yeah, I would I would go I would I would I would do that. In, definitely in Sky. I mean, I think overall, if you've got more transfers left, I think I just steam into Liverpool. They've got a great couple of last games and find players that are playing on that that Tuesday, and then get your two Liverpool games. Just go mad on it. Is that, yeah. that a viable strategy? Um, yeah, sure. by all means. I mean, again, it depends what you want. Thiago is almost the safe points. You're banking the points there. You, yeah. could, you could get a little bit more with a man of the match or an attacking return, yeah. but. You can be fairly sure you're going to be getting like eight points or something, which is pretty good. With Mane, obviously, he could get zero because he's one of these people who mm. he hasn't had a few shots at goal. He's getting two points, isn't he? But yeah. um, but he, he equally could could massively outscore Thiago if he scores a brace or a hat trick. So yeah, I think I think I'd be tempted by Mane because at this stage, do you really want a ticking over seven eight points every? Again, it depends where you are in your mini yeah. league and stuff. I'd probably go for broke with a Mane move and yeah, and, and the Trent Alexander Arnold one even ahead of him. I think he's just I mean he's been proving it for weeks on weeks now. Yeah. Even if they concede, he's getting an, an attacking return nearly every single week. Yeah. Um, he's also only got I mean I don't think he can make any influence now on on Southgate, but he's got two games now to try and do even more if he can possibly to uh, to get in the team, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think this is uh, if you've got transfers left. I mean, basically, if you a viable strategy would have been to save those transfers. And I I wish I'd kept at least two back for this final final yeah. couple of games. Not just final game, just one for the final game, but two for this period would be fantastic um, to take advantage on others of those two Liverpool you know games or two you know just two games for people playing on a, on a, on a Wednesday this week. Um yeah, um Tom Hartnell says he's eyeing up <coughs> Bruno Fernandes to Antonio as his final move. Any other yeah. suggestions? So we've sort of covered that, but yeah, Antonio Havertz um and Chris Wood I think are great assets depending on which way you can move around, but Antonio I think is really good. I think Liverpool players and Antonio are the, are the main standouts for me. Yeah. I do like Havertz midfielder up front obviously can do well. Fixture's not quite as good and then also you just never you're always a little bit worried on playtime aren't you whereas yeah. the others you're not. So Antonio's just a big standout. Um yeah. I know West Ham haven't been great of late but Rice is now back and um you know they've almost got nothing to play for now because they're pretty much out of the top 4 so um you could look at that as a good thing. I think now the pressure's off and they could just go mad in the last mm. two weeks if they want to. They don't have to play so defensively. Definitely. Um, it's worth pointing out as well with Lingard's. Um, Lingard's role has changed to be much more creative. So if we think Antonio's going to do well, someone's got to assist him. Chances are it could be Lingard. And that we haven't seen that Lingard role yet. We saw, saw it a bit towards the beginning. But then he took up the goal-scoring role. So it could be that you know some of the chances he created. On another day against Brighton, um, he was almost... Um, you know, it was almost there to, to win a penalty. And I can't remember if Rice was on the pitch at that moment. So it could have been mm. Lingard could have taken it. Because I think I think he hit the ball into a Brighton defender's arm. And, mm. uh, you know, it's nothing the guy could have done apart from amputate his arm. But, <laughs> um, but that that's the kind of goal, ludicrously, that, that can be given. Um, yeah, so and he's on he's on set pieces, he's on corners, rather, yeah. he's on free kicks. And the penalty thing's not... I mean, it's, I know Rice has said he was on them when he was on the yeah. pitch and he has taken them, but... You know he's been away for a little while, yeah. so I don't think it's I don't think it's completely one hundred percent. The rice just suddenly takes over. You never know. Um, Liam Dorian, who the reigning FPL 
uh, the reigning Sky. Sorry, sorry, Liam. Can I say the FPL? Sorry about yeah, that. Blasphemous. Liam, the reigning Sky. Quite rightly, Sky champion. Um, any players uh, you have um, one eye on for next season? He asks. And, and what's your best and worst moment of the season? He also asks. So yeah, go. Any players you got your eye on for next season? Oh, there's loads. <clears throat> it's so funny, isn't it? Because we always think we get it worked out. We're like, right, next season, I know who's going to be good, who's going to go. And it completely goes to pot within about five weeks and there's completely different players than you expect nearly every single time. But there's a few names. I mean, Rafinha, for me, and everything, so much depends on price, doesn't it? But Rafinha just looks like a player who is destined for greatness to me. So if they underprice him in some way, he's in a Leeds attacking side, um, yeah, then he, he'll be in because midfielders are hard to, to pick in this game and yeah. uh, and he is a massive standout set pieces everything yeah. I mean I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up taking penalties eventually in his career because I don't think Bamford and Click have been sharing them and they're not particularly strong on them I, I mean he just kind of that kind of player who, who he should have an ego struts around the pitch I reckon eventually he'll probably claim them at some point but yeah he's definitely one I'll, I'll be looking at price dependent um, I think the Chelsea team are, are going to be really interesting because obviously the new managers here now the effect he's had on them we saw how many clean sheets they can get. So Reese James <clears throat> in particular stands out to me again. I mean, every season it feels like this could be Reese James's season. He plays the vast majority. But if he is going to nail down that right wing back role, mm. you know, and, and it's a team that can often get passes and attacking returns, he he suddenly stands out to me again, price dependent, because they might price him a little bit less because yeah. there's a little bit of rotation there. But I can't really see um Cho uh, playing a right wing back particularly yeah. often. I don't think it really worked. It worked for like the first couple of weeks and then it, it's not really worked since. Also, Chil- Chilwell has taken over the left-back, really. He is first choice over Alonso. So you would imagine Chilwell as well. Yeah, exactly. Probably... One of the wing-backs, yeah. I think, is a good shout because, I mean, the top team's full-backs, as Luke Shaw has shown this season, you know, Trent and Robertson have shown it for season on season. You know, Man City, Cancelo, Walker, I mean, all of these guys, they're just, they are potential gold. And, if you can get them in a right wing back role, so even better potentially, um, I think the Chelsea wing backs will be will definitely be worth a look. Um, again, there's always that little bit of risk of rotation. Also, the rotation that we're seeing at the moment with City, Chelsea, um, and Manchester United um, is is sure. largely because they're involved in the cup competitions. So at the beginning of the season, there's less this need to rotate. I mean, we're seeing at the moment with Liverpool is fairly settled. Um, you know, will Jota start? Well, he's out of the equation. Now, but other than that, you can be pretty assured that the rest of the team are going to start because they've just got the league to focus on. Um, Definitely. So, yeah. What was the second part of the question? Best and worst moments? Yeah, right? best and worst moments. Um, best moments, probably Cancelo, captain. I think it was West Brom, maybe, where he scored yeah, like yeah. 50 points. Um, that, was a, that was a good one because he didn't even get to see the lineup. So it was... A risk because you never know he's going to play. It kind of was signposted a little bit. I think he got his first attacking return despite incredible numbers the week before, uh, either in the Champions League or the League Cup yeah. or something. And it looked like he was set to start and obviously to get rewarded with fifty something points. Love that. Um, so that that was that was definitely probably the best moment. Worst moment. There's been several of them. Um, <laughs> I'd say probably for me, and I think there's another question later where I'll iterate this is. Um, it's probably just Bruno Hauling versus Newcastle in about game week five because it's the week after the overhaul. Uh, I had Bruno Fernandes, like everyone will have, for the first four weeks. And Man United were pretty terrible. He didn't do anything. It looked like, you know, all the talk was, can Bruno keep up this ridiculous 
point scoring he's had when a lot of his points and, and XGI is quite low and it comes from penalties and obviously the first four weeks he didn't get many points. Man United lost a couple of games they shouldn't have lost. Looked pretty dreadful and I thought, do you know what? I'm not going to go with Bruno Fernandes on overhaul. I'm going to take a risk. And then obviously straight away game week five, I think they were terrible versus Newcastle. And then he scored. He missed a penalty as well and I was like, no way. You know, this is a great decision. And then he ends up getting like passes, tackles, yeah. gets an assist, another goal in the last uh, like five minutes, man of the match. And everyone else has got him as captain. And it's like, that's the week after overhaul. And it's like, for God's sake. But on top of all that, um, again, when we go to mistakes later on, I've structured my team in such a way that basically I couldn't get to Bruno. And that was my error, was that I, I've written him off. Um, and four weeks is not enough not enough time for me to, to make that decision that I'm going to write him off. If I was going to write him off for just a few games, then I at least needed to have a backup where I could easily get him in. And then I had to restructure my team and use a load of transfers to get him back in. And that's what, I mean, I've just used my overhaul, right? I shouldn't be using transfers. And now later on down the line, that effect carries on because now I can't make those moves in the final weeks because I've used up a bunch of transfers to sort out my team. So the knock-on effect of a mistake like that was yeah. significant. So that, that was the worst moment of the season for me. Um, I think players who are eye on, we, we focused on it last time around, uh, the new players coming in. So uh, if we're talking about price rises and price falls, and if some of those players, particularly from Norwich, can be quite kindly priced in midfielders, they could be huge, particularly Buendia. As we said, Buendia is, could be like a cheaper version of Fernandez or KDB because he was ticking all the boxes, everything, goals, assists, passing, everything. Everything he was, he could, he could do a clean sweep. Um, I was just having a look at my last game weeks, just going to clicking through, just looking for some big hauls. Um, and it's all the usual suspects. And I think that's one of the things that I've sort of got right and the best moments is actually those, the stats and the analysis and your research predicting and the, you know, looking at the fixtures, getting those good captains in has worked out. So yeah, De Bruyne, 44 points. Um, Kane, multiple 30, 30 to 40, 44 points from him. Diaz as well. The predictable captains came good. Salah, he's come good. Um, and then also some of those other players on the periphery, Grealish for a little while, but also Lewis Dunk. Um, yeah. Was actually, the period he was in my team, he was one of the most profitable players I think I've ever had in Sky. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's been a theme of this season, actually. I think the the predictable captains and yeah. the individual days of who you think probably is the best yeah. point scorer on that team. Recently, we had the Wood one, for example. Yeah. Um, they've just done really well most of the time. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you haven't been on these guys, then you, you kind of felt... I think the only... The letdown in that way was Salah. There was a period in the middle of the yeah. season where Liverpool were dreadful for weeks and I had captain for most of those and he was a letdown. But outside of him, I think it's quite rare to have found, found captain blanks. Yeah, that, definitely. That. So mm. I think that's been the se- the story of the season, really, is that, um, well, I, 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 I guess, you know, people, you know, watch us, they watch other, the other podcasts and, and, and videos. Um, and a lot of what we're saying sounds really obvious. And as we've just seen from, from those big hauls over the season, the obvious one equals points. So to yeah. get that edge over us and get edge over everyone else and people in your mini leagues you've got to be looking at those peripheral players and that's where going back to things like considering unfashionable players yeah. Lewis Dunk why did I get why did I dump Lewis Dunk and get Aspilicueta in yeah there's definitely orientated moves I mean dropping Dallas is another one we'll get yeah. to overhaul's just been a complete you know cluster that should never have happened 
Uh, easy to say in hindsight, but the fixtures weren't there for Dallas. But he's been a ridiculous point scorer the whole season. But yeah, I suppose definitely looking at those, there's those moments like the Ferran Torres moment, the Cancelo captain. Yeah. Right? There'll be your moments that if you hit on them more yeah. often than not, then obviously you're going to have yeah. a fantastic season. Yeah. But I also think just remaining incredibly consistent throughout the season and patient is still just a really good differential overall because quite often we will get tempted by the odd player. I mean, Ignacio is a good example of this, I think. He, he was one that worked out, that people jumped on and it worked really well. But I did say at the time, there's several of these guys throughout the season that you'll try this and it just won't work and yeah. it'll be a waste of transfers and you'll have to go back. And that happens more often than and not. It, it, if you've jumped on a few of them, it can ruin your season. It's, it's, it's pinpointing Sky... It, the. It, there's so many differences between Sky and FPL, but one of the key ones is you can't mess around with form, dipping in and out of form. So Lingard, for example, great form for a few weeks. Now he's a massive burden. Um, Chris Wood, I've been really happy with the last few weeks. But as the season goes on, say say this was game week 17 and we just come off the back of five weeks of, of glorious Chris Woodness. Um, I, I wouldn't want... Um, I wouldn't want him any longer because he's oh, exactly the, the power kind of... striker position where you've just seen Kane and Salah do it every week yeah. and then there's nearly always one striker and, and, that, um, in the mix as well um, yes yeah, so you can't carry him long I, I sort of went into this season with a mentality of of um, of thinking well I'm going to chop and change these big hitters around and I shouldn't have done that at all it's a waste of a transfer just keep Kane Kane and Salah all season don't bother I've had um, them all season, both of them. I've never ruined either of them. No. And, and keep Diaz, keep Dallas, keep... And it's those peripheral players, the emerging players that are coming in that are so obviously of a standard of Kane and Salah in sky terms in terms of getting points. As we've seen, Van D- Virgil van Dijk in previous seasons. Don't mess around with them. <laughs> so just, just keep them in um, and then use your your research to get those other players in you your Rafinas, your Mason Mounts, your Lewis Dunks, they're the ones that are gonna they're gonna win you your league and getting but it's also timing. So Clean Sheet Wipeout asks a question I've been asking myself this morning. He says, What's the biggest error you made this season? And which had um, the highest impact on your overall rank. I think we've covered a lot of that. Um but he's is definitely skipping dunk for the captaincy and watching yeah. the hall time and time again. Yeah. And, and 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 I think I think that's right. And Steve Steve Wright, not the DJ, asks uh, top three players to hurt uh, the season. I will start. He started with Lamptey, so Lamptey's hurt him. Um, kept for far too long. Antonio, three transfers. Guilty. He's had yeah, in and guilty. out. Exactly guilty too. Uh, Calvert Lewin, same thing. Um, he only ever got two points when he was in his team. Um, so my my answer is exactly. That I mean, another error is those mid-price midfielders. I've messed around with them as well. Um, on reflection, I mean, I know we're urging people to get Antonio in now, but he's only two game weeks left. But I, I don't think I would urge people to get Antonio in again because he does have an injury record. Um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure in, in a. I think they'll solve that for us next season because he should probably be a striker, and therefore we probably won't touch him. Yeah, particularly. Yeah, because okay. Um, yeah. but um, so I just want to add to the errors sorry so just, yeah. I've, I've got a catalogue but some of the biggest ones I mean I mentioned the Bruno one massive error that was because I writ him off and it cost me transfers to get to where everyone else is so I was already three or four transfers behind everyone yeah. uh, so that was a big error can't make can't make judgments off the first four weeks basically you can make some but you can't make mm. such ridiculous ones like that where you then can't adjust, so remain flexible, I guess. Yeah. Martinez, for me, I d- 
didn't have Martinez at the beginning. He did pretty well in because he didn't even play game one, if I remember rightly. Did well in his first few weeks, and I think some of that was a penalty save. Man, the match was like, yeah, he's done really well, but can he can he be getting penalty saves and all this stuff every week and all this stuff? You know, it's still Aston Villa, and there's there's other keepers that I want that have done really well. Yeah. Um, and I didn't own Martinez for virtually all of the season yeah. until like, the overhaul. And that is such a big difference. And it's something I've learned from experience of Sky is getting your goalkeeper right in this game is incredibly, incredibly profitable. It's, if you look the, at the, the Nick Pope effect, isn't it? Get yes. Nick Pope in. There you go. Well, because they get two extra points for a clean sheet and because they can get a lot of saves bonus and man of the matches, you know, in games where they even are getting battered, they are ridiculous. I mean, you look at the points per million and I think there's like, you know, 10 goalkeepers mm. in, the, in the top 15 in the game or something stupid like that. Mm. Um, they are a really, really profitable position. They can get a load of points. So not having Martinez compared to nearly all the top managers is like a points difference of about 70, 80 points or something. Ridiculous. So that, that's a reason why I'm not right near the top now is because I didn't have Martinez. So that's a massive error. Mm. Now, saying it's an error as in you need to correct it next season, that's extremely hard. But the message is you've got to do get your goalkeeper right. Yeah. You have to get it right. And, and transferring them is fine because they score loads of points. He's in, in and out mm. for captain days and stuff like that. But for me, I didn't go Martinez because I had Grealish and I thought, oh, I've got an Aston Villa captain. I don't want to bother. I want to use my captain as a goalkeeper. The logic was there. It just didn't work out. Yeah. And Martinez has therefore killed me this season. Yeah. Dallas is the other one I mentioned as well already. Dallas, I had him for most of the season. He's fantastic. And then I thought, I'm just going to bin you off and get Vestergaard, who was a... Comp- I mean, I don't know what the difference in points is between Vestergaard and Dallas over the back end of the season. But I dread to think that is one of those ones where earlier I said about Fernand Torres can get you 52 points in one week. I'd, I mean, that's more than 52 points between Bruno and Dallas in, in X amount of weeks. Yeah. Massive error not to keep him. He was the best budget defender we've possibly ever seen, really, playing yeah. in midfield and scoring. Eight, is it eight goals? He's got nine yeah. goals. Huge, like huge. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a really great midfielder in this game, but he's listed as he's defender. Yeah. Um, I mean, my... I mean, overall, I mean, I can look at decisions with hindsight and think, well, I shouldn't have done that. And, and it's difficult to do all of those. But I think overall, for me, I don't take, I know I know you take a lot of care with planning. I know a lot of other um, content creators with Sky take a lot of care over the planning. Um, but I don't really, and I haven't particularly this season. Um, I've been winging it a lot. And that's what's cost me. So I'm under 400, around 300 in the ra- uh, rankings. I could be much higher if I'd have taken care with planning and I quite like the idea now of I'm, I'm a convert to that, to <laughs> mapping out, you know, you've got, you've got to be flexible as well. You've got to say, well, I'm not, you know, in September, say oh, I'm getting this player in November, whatever. And then that player gets injured. You've got to have a, an alternative plan, but not chop and change. Really do avoid those players that get injured a lot. Um, Danny Ings was fit a bit last season, but is, is he this season? For the last two game weeks, maybe get him in. But already Hassan Utal said he can't last more than 60 at the moment. So I've just got to avoid those types of players. Mason Mount um, will get a price hike. But I I like him. He plays a lot. He's got a good spread of points. And he's just a set and forget player. Um, the other thing is, I think with, you know, the, the content is really good for Sky, you know, all, you know the, the likes of Dan and uh, James at, at Planet FPL and all, the, all these and Suj and all, all, all these guys the content's really good um, and, but the content is not mature in the way that the FPL content's mature so there's so many podcasts and videos and articles for FPL 
Um, so it's it's gone past the stage of offering advice. You know, originally what Fantasy Football Scout did was was like one of the only ones really to have articles about FPL. But now that you know, the Times has got it, the BBC's got it. Um, so it's matured to the point where where people who play FPL can develop their own ideas and go well I'm taking all these different content on board I can develop my own ideas you can't copy how can you copy an FPL content creator there's about 500 of them but in Sky you could but but what's the point in that you'd have to make a zillion transfers they're all so different but with Sky there is a uniformity because the the content creation hasn't matured in that way hasn't exploded so there's this tight knit of people like yourself who are giving advice and it's really good advice and so just listen to them and just and just do what they do and 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 you'll get a, a quite a high ranking but i think in the next year or two i think sky content will need to develop for the good of the game in a way so that people can play it be more experienced at it not oh it's my first season i've got top 10 and well, therefore, I'm amazing. And it, but it's not like that every year. And I think they need to develop their own um, strategy. So you'll have lots of different teams. And that will mean you're not going to get top 1,000, 99.9% of people owning Fernandes, that kind of thing. And I mean, that's not no good for the game. Well, you've literally well, got status, one manager. <laughs> static pricing doesn't help that situation. But I'd still take that over, over price oh, rises. I'd, I'd definitely take the price rises. But I, I just think that... The Sky game is growing, and I think content-wise and advice-wise, the the maturity is, is going to be there in, in a year or two, um, whereby you yeah. are going to get much more different teams. Like Definitely. my B team, the mentality of my B team will be my A team. Yeah, I think I think um, if you if you're just if, you know if you if it's your first season playing Sky seriously mm-hmm. and following content creators and stuff, you've probably done. A lot better than yeah. you may have done in the past, just yeah. by by picking up on their advice. But there's still that top level of of you know everyone who's in and around the top 100 in nearly every single season. Um, yeah, it's trying to trying to beat those guys, and that's pretty much where where we're at. And that's extremely tough because there's yeah. a great great players and um, and you know to get one over. Sorry, there's someone beeping their horn constantly outside. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, to, to beat them, you basically have to hit more often. I mean, it sounds obvious. Hit more often the Fernand Torres hat trick than, than than others, and it's yeah. it, it's hard. But to get consistently in the top sort of one to two hundred, right now, I feel like this is why we love the game: is the amount of attention and planning yes. Yes. that you put into it. Very likely to see those rewards. So yeah, it just depends what your goal is. So lesson to learn for me: more planning, and um, you know, obviously listen to all the good content out there. But but. I can plan a bit more around that and and not and hold transfers back, but that's all part of planning, really. You know, sometimes it's good to use lots of transfers. And it's been an incredibly not. tough season to plan because yeah. it's been all over the place. Yeah. So hopefully next season we'll have a more structured approach. I, I, I have planned before. When you get the fixtures, you know, and they're like what six, two months in advance, three months in advance, sometimes you can plan. But I can't plan when you don't know wh- whether there's going to be extra fixtures shoehorned in single game days next week yeah. um, and because because the fans haven't been there you haven't had to you know they haven't had to give notice to, to police and stewards and everything you know you know weeks and weeks in advance mm. so I think that's part of it you know in my head I just thought oh, you know 
you've won COVID. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with this season. But so ne- next season, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it. Well, um, also, we say all this, and the rules could change for Sky. Things could change. Points mm-hmm. scores could change. Things could change, and suddenly it's um, a slightly different game because okay. it's been known to change quite regularly. Sky, really, I mean, it's certainly in comparison to the likes of FPL. Yeah. I mean, they made like one big change in the past like 15 years, and they've yeah. been chipped pretty much. Um, Ian Parrin. Speaking of people who are good at planning, he dabbles in plans. Um, Ian Parron, which players in each position do you expect to have the biggest price hikes and falls for next season? So I know you've done a bit on this, so I've I've done a small amount on this. So I'll run through my small amount bit first. (laughs) Um, So I've rudimentarily looked at the top strikers who are good value this season and top midfielders, top defenders and goalkeepers. And it's fairly evident that... Um, you might have a bit more info about how their minds work at, at Sky Towers, but it's fairly evident. Bamford eight point two. He ain't going to be eight point two next season. He's going to be about I don't know ten. Uh, Watkins eight point six. He's not going to be eight point six because he's emerged as actually a good Premier League striker. Mm. Uh, Calvert Lewin nine point three. That's not going to happen. You know, expect you expecting one two million price rises. Rashford ten point five. I think could stay the same but he could go up I think there's going to be Fernandez 10.9 so Rashford 10.5 Fernandez 10.9 that's, that's that's not going to work out next season Fernandez is going to be I don't know what the maximum is going to be but it's he's going to be it um, Ward Prowse 8 million quietly sneakily Ward Prowse has become the man to have this season <laughs> Ward Prowse he's played every minute if I'd have got Ward Prowse in, instead of fanning around with Rafinha's and Antonio's and God knows who else Lingard's I just got War Prowse and just kept him that's what I should have done um, Gundogan 8.2 Rodri 8.3 Boyberg 7.4 these, these, I'm shaking my hand these are not going to be this price Mount 8.6 no 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 <laughs> um, Defenders Diaz 9.1 no 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 forget them He's, these are going to be hugely priced Cancelo 8.2 Dallas 6.4 he's not going to be a mid defender he's going to be a midfielder he's going to be about 10 million, forget him. You say that, but Sky have got a talent for messing these sort of things Ooh. up. So we don't we don't know. Martinez <laughs> sure. and Meslier, they're going to be, they're only 6.3, 6.1. They're going to be huge. So look out for the likes of the promoted keepers. They might be cheap. Value. So yeah, what do you, what do you think? Because I know you, you know um, a bit more about Sky Towers, the powers that be. And how I mean, I don't, I don't know what they are going to do, but like you, I went through the list and you've mentioned a lot of the names. So I don't want to, to duplicate that particularly but I'm going to fly for it very I mean goalkeepers Meslier Sanchez and Martinez are just too cheap yeah I mean they've scored ridiculous amounts of points I mean they, you can you can't really blame him on the Sanchez one he's backup goalkeeper you know that that happens nothing you can do there the Meslier one is just a grave error I mean we all he's priced cheaper than the other strike uh, goalkeeper who we all knew that Meslier was going to start the season I know they kind of shared some game time in the championship it was pretty clear Meslier was going to be the, the number one keeper and he's cheaper than the other one, I think. So that was a grave error. Probably couldn't have worked out he's going to do that well, but, but Leeds were heavily fancied to do pretty well when they've come up. So big error for me, that is. Martinez, again, you can kind of understand why they did it because he he was Arsenal's backup, essentially, yeah. potentially. Um, but but also that wasn't sure, right? We, we thought that maybe even Martinez would replace Leno. Like, mm. So if that was to happen and Arsenal were actually good, 
um, he could have he could have been ridiculously cheap as well. So they are going up 100%. I think David De Gea is coming down. We don't know whether he's even going to be number one goalkeeper next season. Mm. He's really expensive. He's not returned yeah. enough points, so he'll be going down. Yeah. So that's goalkeeper's done. There's plenty of others, but I've just picked out a few. Defenders, I mean, Diaz is going to be... Um, you know, he's going to be the new Van Dyke, isn't he? He's yeah. going to be the most expensive yeah. for good reason. Yeah, Van Dyke um, started at 10.9 this season. Yeah, so, so Diaz yeah. is going to be, the, I mean, assuming they keep to the same structure, he's going to be 11 million, which mm. is basically the top top Will end. Will Van the Dyke get a price for, do you think? I think they'll probably do it just about. But in the past, what they've done, I can remember, for example, mm. um, oh God, what's his name? Vertonghen. Vertonghen from Spurs had like one good season where he scored six goals, got loads of points, clean sheet, and he remained in the top echelon of pricing for about eight years, even despite <laughs> him being absolutely woeful. Right. Um, until eventually he, got, he he sort of disappeared. But I wouldn't... They're, they're always hesitant, I think, to, to... I mean, you can't just suddenly put Van Dyke down for like eight million because he's not played the season, can you? Because he'll break the game again. So, um, assuming he comes back, so it's the same player this is, of course. Um, so I think he'll, he'll maybe get a dip, but it'll probably only be by a couple of point point one or two or three or something. I wouldn't expect it will go down that much because, okay. and I can understand why you don't want to break the game, do you, in a static yeah. price game? Uh, Laporte's going to be cheaper, I would say, if Stones and if Stones and um, Stones going up the other way, Laporte yeah. going the opposite way. Another one I've picked out, I think that is expensive this season um, and for good reason, but has basically done nothing. Is Pereira from Leicester? He's 34 points, I think he scored, for the entire season. Let me find him. Something like that. Really bad. Um, Pereira, yeah, he's 9.2. He's got 35 35 35 points. points. 9.2 is right near the top end because of his, you know, what he's achieved. But we just said, if Leicester are going to be playing wing-backs, he's got attacking potential. Mm. He does get tackles a lot of the game. You know, a lot depends on, because of his injury and who they're Mm. going to play, and they've got Justin James, but... If there is a scenario where Pereira becomes nailed, then I imagine he's going to drop a lot in price this season and therefore suddenly be an attractive option, potentially. I mean, he may drop to as low as eight million, for example, and suddenly you think, oh right, okay, he he could be a look. So I think he'll definitely get a price for along with the Man United defenders. They just don't keep clean sheets and don't get bonus that often. So I think outside Luke Shaw, they probably like some Maguire and stuff might even dip. Midfield, Bruno Fernandez needs to be the top midfielder. Yeah. You know, he's he's. I know Kevin De Bruyne was excellent last season, but. He's, he's too injury prone. His role is now changed to the point where he doesn't get bonus as often as Bruno. You know, he's, he certainly doesn't get penalties as often as Bruno. And so, so could they swap prices? So De Bruyne 11.5 at the moment, Fernandez 10.9. Could they just simply swap? Probably, probably something like that. I mean, Bruno has to be the top midfielder without question. And you could argue he need, they need to break the structure there a little bit and mm. make him the same price as the top, mid, the top strikers because... Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to result in 99.9% ownership. They, they need to make him ridiculously expensive, if not the most expensive player. Yeah. I mean, is he the highest point scorer this season? I haven't even checked. Probably is. It's him or Kane, I'd imagine. And um, therefore, he needs to be priced accordingly. Mm-hmm. Like, you, ha- you have to do that. And it, it's, it's ridiculous. Kane, Kane is the top with 275 points. Right. Okay. 11.7. Bruno Fernandes, 261, just behind. But 10.9. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, same kind of... Exactly. So much cheaper. The Shouldn't price structure is off, so he's a million cheaper, and he's about six points, and he still could end up the highest scorer at the, the end. Ne- of the the next best midfielder is Ward Prowse, 185 points, eight million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is crazy, really. Um, but there, that just shows you the girth, the dirt, mm. and this, the difference between the uh, midfielders there. And Gundogan, another one you've already mentioned him. Yeah. No way, he's staying that price if he's continued his role that he's playing at the moment. Yeah. 
definitely Rafinha is one I mentioned. He's really cheap. No chance he stays that cheap. Pogba, there's loads of midfielders here that are overpriced. Absolutely loads. There's too many to list. Pogba, barely played. Uh, Bernardo Silva's right near the top. Barely plays anymore. And even if he does, doesn't return that much. Zayec, you know, for Chelsea's not done it. Pepe's like one of the top 10 priced midfielders in the game. Yeah. Surely he's going to get a Nine massive. million for Pepe. What the hell? And it doesn't Deli Alley, who could be interesting yeah. next season because he's extremely expensive. Um, yeah. He really, he really is. And where is he? So he's like in the top 10. Yeah, he's 9 million. He's got 28 points. So he's surely going to get a dip. Yeah. But then if the new manager comes in and he's playing in an AMC role and, you know, Bale leaves or whatnot, suddenly he might be interesting again. So mm. one to keep an eye on potentially. Forwards again, you mentioned, I literally wrote down my forwards and you just reeled them off. Bamford, Watkins, Calvert-Lewin, yeah. even Wood. Iñacho's another one. There's no way Iñacho's yeah. staying at that price no. now. He looks like he may take over from Vardy pretty much as the main guy. Yeah. And he's like, what, 8 million at the moment? So you're looking at a top four, potentially top five. I think six, Vardy's going to, I think they're going to, Vardy's 10.8 and I think they're going to make him something really high still. Probably, yeah, exactly for the same reason. Because yeah. of his history, he will still be highly priced. He'll probably still be more than Inacho because he's on penalties. Mm. But then Inacho will be, will get a bump, but maybe not too significant bump. And then suddenly he's an option as well. Um, there's loads of forwards again. Mane, too expensive this season. There needs to be a bigger difference between Mane and Salah to, yeah. to make us even be tempted by Mane because he's 0.4 different yeah. than Salah. I know he can achieve similar to Salah, but when Salah's got the penalties, and this is like the penalty league pretty much, uh, it's not as big enough difference. Well, I, just, I just remember my terrible um, mistake <laughs> this season of, of the many I forgot. Was that, was that week I got Mane in instead of Kane when Kane was injured? And I, I somehow conspired to dodge points from Mane and Kane, yet and use two transfers. To, yeah, to I remember that. that. Yeah, to take him out. He's got 160 points. Salah's on nearly 240, so close. It was 80 point difference there, close to 100 points difference. It's point four in their price. There needs to be a massive difference in their price there. Abamyang, um, ba- 127. Yeah, Abamyang. I mean, again, you can't blame him too much for that, I guess, because who would have thought they'd be this bad? Could be ridiculous, but he's a striker and he's pretty much a midfielder these days. So that's another thing I correct to be honest, because the midfielders I just I don't really like it. The fact that there's so many strikers that we can only have three striker slots, yeah. and you've got Sterling, Abamyang, you know Werner, people like this that you could if they were at the right price in midfield, you would consider them and you'd have them in your teams. But I mean, even even someone like Son, right? He scored 205 points. He's a great player this yeah. this time, but he's 10.1 million. There is a difference between him and Kane. But you're just not really going to be ever inclined to use a striker slot up, and you don't really want to go Kane and Son as no. two strikers and not have that. So he he doesn't play up front. He needs to be a midfielder, and that's the same for Sterling and all these other people because it just writes too many people off. Yeah. Because because of the price squeezing and the way it works, there's you know Sterling is just ridiculous. Who's going to buy Sterling as a striker? Oh, half of you apparently. Yeah, eleven million. Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's mental. He yeah. if he was a if he was like a, a ten million midfielder. Yeah. Then you would consider yeah, 11, it. Eleven million is absolutely insane, and I, I certainly wouldn't have bought him at the beginning of the season. No, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know whether they're going to change that next season, but I really think they should because they they changed it before. If you remember, it wasn't always like this. Now I appreciate that makes the striker list a lot smaller. You might only end up with, I mean, nearly everyone plays one up mm. front, right? So you'll end up with about a striker pool of about twenty-five to thirty players. But that's the way the football is now. Like, unless you're going to introduce a, another position. 
I feel like they need to drop back into midfield because the fact that Ward Prowse is the second highest scoring midfielder, yeah. despite pretty much doing nothing outside of a few good free kicks throughout the season, is just a, a shambles, really. And, yeah, and um, there isn't enough because they've given you can have up to five midfielders, but just three strikers just doesn't make any sense. No. And when nearly everyone like me has gone Kane and Salah pretty much yeah. the whole season, that's two taken out already. So I've got to pick one if I go with if I go with three up front from that entire list of yeah. strikers when most of them are midfielders. I mean, and if they carry on with this vein, there's lots of people on this midfield list that are going to revert to forwards. I mean, if you go down look through the midfield list, yeah. a lot of these guys who now play as like a, a right or left sided. Yeah. So, so you could argue, for example, Mares is he a striker then? Because he's not any different to Son or anyone else as far no. as I'm concerned. Yeah, you got Pulisic. Is he any different? Maybe not. Pepe. There's plenty of them like that. I mean, they justified it on the amount of goals they scored, yeah. right? Havertz. Is he going to be a striker? Probably. Mm-hmm. So midfielders list is going to get less again, and that's why the likes of the Rafinha and people like that. Yeah, I mean, they have to stop that. Yeah, they have to have to sort. That's going to escalate year after year, and with uh, you know uh, with players, um, you know, lasting longer. <laughs> you know, likes of Vardy, actual strikers. The pool of strikers just grows and grows. It doesn't, it's not organic. It doesn't evolve. It doesn't, you know, these people aren't retiring. They aren't moving down a level. They're just no. staying put and they're still good options. Chris Wood's Salah still should there. Be, they should just put them more. Salah should be a midfielder for me. I think he should be yeah. just because it makes the game. I mean, we'll all start the season and you'll have Kane will be the most expensive striker, obviously by a mile. And a lot of people will have him no matter what the price is, probably. It, this is assuming he's still at Spurs. Of course, that could change. And, um, and then you've got a whole host of other strikers that you consider. There's a little bit more skill involved, I think, when you yeah. look at all the other, who you're going to pick as your budget yeah, strikers. He shouldn't be a striker no. currently because he's the, the favoured system there. I mean, maybe that will change next season, though. So maybe he should. I hope so. Kane I hope goes. It just writes off so many players. And we want to, we want to, they want to promote variety. Mm. And I know it's very hard to do with static prices because it can look, in hindsight, incredibly wrong when you look back at it. But. For me, to increase variety, you need to put the wide players as midfielders. Yeah. Because otherwise, we all pick two or three midfielders, and it's obvious who the best two or three will be because there'll be Bruno Fernandes. I mean, already now, I could say Bruno Fernandes, Rafinha, and, and potentially someone like Gundogan or someone like that, Mason Mount. There's like a few names, maybe five or six names you can think of for midfield already. Um, and that, that really shouldn't be the case. I want to have it where I've got no idea who to get. Do I get Salah? Do I get yeah. Sterling? Do I get whoever? I want yeah. Sun. I want mid- so many different midfielders. Because I'm never going to get those guys, as, well, some of them, but I'm not going to get Sun and those lot of strikers. I'm just not going to do it because I've got Kane, I've got Salah t- taking up two of my spots. And they're, they're going to, you know, in that, again, unless they're 13, 14 million, they're going to be in everyone's team. Already everyone knows yeah. for next season they're going to have Salah, Kane, Bruno Fernandes pretty much in their team as locks. And they're going to fit the pieces around, and Diaz and probably fit the pieces around it. That's, that's what everyone's going to do already. And I, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we get the sky prices um, a bit earlier. Than, than other formats I know that the Euros are going on but um, I think we could we could see them you know uh, early summer and so we'll find out then and of course they remain static as well I think do they change them sometimes if they, they release them and then if people go whoa do they change them or uh, they did do that one year yeah where they released them and they released it with an early build of prices by accident and then changed it but it's uh, generally not what they do okay. usually what they do is they create the prices and then after some community feedback for a few people they sometimes change change some of them but um things are all different now because it, i mentioned it to you before we started the pod but the, the person that runs sky uh, pretty much changes year on year okay um so it's one like a project for them if you know what i mean like a new person will come in as the lead yeah. and they have their own ideas and they'll 
you, you kind of feedback and talk and they're like, yeah, we've got these plans and we agree we want to do this moving forward. And then it moves to the next plan. And then it's like, well, none of that really happens. And then again, the same process okay. happens. So it's just, we have to get lucky that we get someone who comes in and just wants to make those changes straight off the bat and do it. And they don't have a lot of time to work with no. ultimately. Cause like you say, the game already has to be kind of prepared almost now. Yeah. And the prices are already being thought about. And then there's transfers and in a static price game, it's incredibly hard to get it right. And obviously mm. in that case, you, you generally want to err on the side of caution and price people a little bit high mm. just because um, you don't want to break the game. But then at the same time, you want the game to be fun and engaging. You don't want all the casual players to look into their Sky team, pick their team and have to pick like five Norwich players or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Because they can't literally afford the team they want. So it's a very, very tricky balance. I don't envy them. But uh, yeah, the... the the more accurate they get the prices right off the, at the beginning of the game, then fair enough. You can't blame them if, you know, we run for a whole season and Aubameyang's not done what he was supposed mm. to do. I can't blame that one too, stuff like that too much. But there are some glaring errors here right from the back, mm. right right from the beginning. Um, and, you know, a lot of that revolves around the players' positions. But also, like, I mean, Diaz was, everyone picked up on Diaz. I mean, Liam was the winner there. Me and him straight at the end of the beginning of the season. Look, yeah. if Diaz is going to be this nail guy for City, then he's going to return That's Van Dijk. Yeah. He's going to be 12 million defender and we're going to all need him. And, and that's clearly obvious to quite a lot of us and um hopefully sky can learn from that <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i mean i i actually like the static prices but that is that is i can see the the negative side of that because it doesn't it doesn't um evolve as as the game progresses across the season as these players emerge and you might get some that are just prohibitively too expensive or just um yeah. too cheap and 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 it's been actually in a way too cheap because I, I mean, I've frequently this season had six million, five million in the bank. Well, that's been the story of this season. It's been too cheap. Rafinha's six point eight million, ridiculous. Yeah. Bruno, Bruno Fernandez is too cheap. You know, even the the in the past, the top forwards were thirteen million. Yeah. They're twelve now, so they're cheaper. Yeah. Then you've made the error of Diaz and the likes of the top defenders mm. this season, which previously again were were right up there. Uh, like Diaz is 9.1 million mm. Dallas is 6.4 million and scored 20 points less than Diaz in the top three scoring defenders mm. in the whole game absolutely mad so as a result that forces everyone to have very very similar teams mm. because they're just clearly the standout picks at their price indeed um, I think we'll have to call it a halt this has been our longest um, yeah. I think it's been our longest one for ages um, but a lot to talk about as we prepare so we're not going to I don't think we're I don't think we're going to sort of come back with a lessons learned kind of thing because we've sort of covered that off already um, so good luck everyone with your final game week decisions um, but obviously we'll be back next season ahead of that to uh, have a look at those player prices and also you know have a look to see if there's any changes I know the uh, tiers can change sometimes the points allocation there so that might be interesting um, but um, thanks everyone for your questions uh, before we go obviously a quick reminder about Fantasy Football Scout members area full of useful stats and information uh, for Sky managers and FPL managers as well. This will give them a mention, although I've, I've done it accidentally before. Um, so do check out the website for details. But in the meantime, Luke, good luck with your final flourish this season. You too, mate, and good luck on the monthly. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, everyone. And hopefully we'll be doing them again next season. And um, yeah, I know we've been a bit down on it, but I think overall we've both come in the top. We'll both have come in the top five hundred. I think that's a pretty good achievement. Yeah, yeah. And um, and yeah, uh, hopefully again next season we can continue to offer some decent advice and, and do even better. Definitely so yeah, well, as if I'm not on my PlayStation Five. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, in the meantime, goodbye all. Goodbye.